0: That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. Today we have uh, a, a fantastic guest. Uh, somebody that I, I, I think uh, you would call iconic, uh, legendary uh, there are a million uh, words to say, but uh, I normally I, I'm like, hey, I'm John Cato and we go into this, but I got to say right out of the gates, today, folks, we have uh, Jerry Mathers, the Beave. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, it, it is our pleasure. And of course, uh, with me co-hosting today is Bob Bergen.
1: My official Jerry Mathers signed uh, Still the Beaver baseball cap that it I- Looks I, marvelous I, on you. I mean, listen, hey, Jared, you got, a, you got a bigger head than I do. And, and we, John and I were just talking about our, our haircuts, and I'm looking at this. I, it looks more like Charlie Brown than it does uh, uh, Beaver Cleaver. But um, yeah, I got to say, buddy. Um, now I will say that I got this at an auction. It was a like a, a theater auction. I got this. I got a. I got signed. Uh, shoe by tom hanks and i got a signed uh ordinary people script by mary tyler moore but this was my favorite and so when i showed it to jerry uh because jerry served on uh the pgec with me uh the tv and john by the way got me into the tv academy we'll talk about that but i said i said to jerry is this real it's green and jerry was like it was green
2: and now yeah it's very funny because my mom the very first day we went to shoot the pilot for Leave it to Beaver, it was kind of drizzling. And so my mom knew that we were going outside for one or two shots. And so she just grabbed something that she had in the closet. My dad was a coach. So he had a lot of like baseballs and all sorts of things. And this green hat happened to be there. Oh, come well, on. when the producers saw it, they thought that looks great. But you know how wardrobe people are, when you do a series, you have three or four of everything, like every shirt I had, every pants. They could never find a green hat like that for the entire six years. And so that guy would watch me like a hawk. It was my hat, lunchtime would come, I'd be running out to go to lunch and they'd grab the hat off me. As soon as the guy said cut, Anytime that I was out of school, so I wouldn't go outside and play football or baseball with it on, it'd grab it off me.
0: So it was a lot of fun. So you're saying for six years on that show, you wore the exact hat? That same hat. You know, everything else, like T-shirts,
2: pants, any kind of wardrobe, I had four or five of. Right. Case, I spilled something on it, or they could send it out that night and still have a clean thing the next day. But the hat, they could never find another one that was even close to it.
0: Okay, where you have is
2: the it? Where's, where's the hat? i still have it my wife teresa keeps it under lock and key she doesn't even let me know because i'd probably walk off with it and leave it someplace
1: oh my god that's what that is so so it's because you know it's there's certain things in tv shows that are also characters that 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 you know it's like a sense of memory it's like gilligan's hat it's like the afghan on the back of the couch on on roseanne but Beaver's cat, Because in the opening credits one year, I think they showed you putting the cap on to go outside or something because your credits changed every year, didn't they?
2: Right. They wanted to make that so people would know that it was a different year. But yeah, every year we do 39 a year for six years. Right. So almost one episode a day for just I think it's like 234 episodes altogether. They can show one a day before they have to start reshowing
0: them. Wow. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And, that and the
1: residuals fantastic. that are paying you, you must be like in, in, in Malibu overlooking the ocean with this, with the servants. I mean, because let's talk about residuals on TV. Yeah, you were wow. one of the first I
0: read that got that signed a contract that actually gave you merchandising or something like that. Is that true? That's what I did get for the first six times it was shown. Right. That's what sag After
2: did. Um, that's my union. So that, that was a union rule. Before that, though, I did other things that were not like Leave It to Beaver, not a series, but other things where you didn't get residuals except maybe one or two. So I did get it for the first six times. It was a, a, a very good sum of money. And I was able to put myself through college with that money. So it was something that set me on my uh, on the right track when I was growing up. And it was a lot of fun to do. To be honest with you, I'd have probably done it for free just for the fun.
1: Yeah. What was the what, what merchandise?
2: Yeah. We did hats. We did all sorts of things. We did Leave it to Beaver, lunchboxes, base sign, baseballs, all sorts of things like that. And I still do. If You go to my website, jerrymathers.com.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, merch. <laughs> There's a common merch. Um, we do things like that. So, cool. so do you, uh, I thought there was like a board game. I remember some of this stuff, seeing, seeing things like that.
2: All sorts of stuff like that. I don't even remember. There were board games. There were puzzles. There were just all sorts of things because different um, I, you know, companies would come in and say, what can we do from Leave it to Beaver? And then they would make whatever it was. So you know, and it, w- it wasn't anything that uh, for the most part we even saw, they would come in, producers would make a deal. And the next thing we were taking you know, photos, publicity photos with a board game or a book. There are several books by uh, Beverly Cleary who was right. a, a, very, a very good uh, writer. And so she did some which are kind of like Leave it to Beaver episodes, but they aren't because there are things that she wrote about Leave it to Beaver.
0: And I, I had heard, is this true, that, it, that a lot of the stories in Leave it to Beaver were actually based on true experiences from the, the creator of it?
2: Oh, very much so. It was actually Joe Conley and Bob Mosier. And between them, they had 15 kids. So they had a lot of people to draw on besides Tony and myself. And, of course, I had brothers and sisters. Tony only had one brother. But uh, so they would listen to things, and my parents would come in and just say, you know what my kids did this weekend or whatever? And sure enough, you know, three or four weeks later, that might be worked somehow into the
0: show. Wow, that's amazing. That, that that's, that's, that's incredible. So just so I get this right, so the first six, like, reruns, I guess, of the show, they pay you. That's great. And then after that, is there any kind of, you know, uh, – like all the times all these all these syndicated reruns, have you been getting paid on that or not?
2: No but it, you know it's not a big thing. It's on a declining scale.
1: Uh-huh. So
2: even the first six, you make a good sum of money on the first two or three and then it starts going down to you know it's very, very little and then nothing. but you know, it was a great show. I'm just glad. I get to do personal appearances and people really it's one of the longest, if not the longest running show in television history. It's been on the air since 1957, and it plays in like 30 languages all over the world. So it's just something that's been a great boon to my life. And I make friends
0: all over the world. I love your attitude, Jerry, so much about it. I think that's just absolutely terrific. Um, the, The other thing I was curious about, I had heard that they actually removed lines from the show that were too funny which i would never hear of that now in you know in today's world is that is that a true or is that one of those myths
2: it's it's somewhat true i mean if there was something that they thought you know they they had put in or that they found that people would laugh at that they didn't really they didn't want it to be a joke show you know there were a lot of shows on at that time where it was set up set up joke set up set up joke Leave It to Beaver is the world through a child's eye, right?
1: right. It was more of a, um, in fact, it, like all sitcoms, it had a laugh track, but it really wasn't a comedy. It was just a, a family show that that it had light moments, but it was it was relationships, and it was uh, and it, and, it, and it had the moral lessons without beating you over the head with it. And Jerry, that was perfect. We are watching uh, through the child's eye as you're the child they they did a really nice job of allowing you to age and 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 naturally grow up on the show um did you ever have any input on hey i think because of my age now it should be this it should be that or did you just let the writers do their thing
2: i pretty much honestly just let them do their thing but i never really found anything that i thought was that offensive but between the two writers they had a lot of things that they could draw on they knew kids Um, They knew how they acted. They knew people like Eddie Haskell and Lumpy Rutherford and, uh, you know, Richard and Larry on the show. They all those were all people that they knew from their kids, friends that they took. And, of course, made it a lot different for a TV show. But those were all characters that they saw in
0: real life. Did you stay? uh, I I know that I had read that obviously you and and, uh, Tony Dow were, you know, there was a big age gap there between the two of you so I I heard that you know of course just like brothers would be it's like you're close but not as close because you're not exactly the same age have you remained friends with uh with um the cast members you know who are still with us
2: well very much so I mean but it's probably like people you went to school with I mean we don't see each other every day every week um Tony and I are lucky that you know we do personal appearances and autograph shows and he will be there. And he's a good friend of mine, but I live, you know, in Los Angeles quite a ways from him um, yeah. and we both have a separate lives. So it's not like he's not my friend or I have, you know, any, anything with him or against him, but it's just fun that I have a nice person that I grew up with all the people on the show. One of the things they tried to do is like even all the people on the set, like the cameramen and the lighting people, they always wanted family people so that they knew how to wow. take care of kids and how to talk to kids. So we just had a very family
0: friendly script. Were, were you close? You know, I mean, obviously, you guys all portrayed like the perfect family. I mean, I felt like you were living next door to me. You know, that, it was always that feeling. Um, were you close like that once the cameras, you know, you were, you know, offset? No, it,
2: it was probably more like you would have a relationship with a teacher at school. Hugh Beaumont was very interesting because in reality, what he was with a Methodist minister. And he had a, a congregation in the worst part of L.A. where he basically was dealing with people with uh, uh, substance and alcohol abuse. Wow. And so on, on weekends, that's what he did. He was down there as a minister. And when he started, he was doing a before Leave it to Beaver, Michael Shane. Now, Michael Shane is this really tough detective that when he wants information takes people and kind of pounds them against the wall.
0: Yeah, so it yeah. That's what I thought
2: that, that a preacher would really want to be known for. So I think when he <laughs> got into Leave It to Beaver, when he was having those talks with me, when I had done, oh, maybe something that I wasn't supposed to, that that's where that came from. I think the preacher and he he was he wasn't as active as he was um, when the show was over and before but he was still a fully ordained minister and did some um, you know
0: work at with the church the whole time we were on the show did he continue uh, throughout his life to to you know give back like that The gospel yes he did okay Great. The other thing I I had I read I loved reading up on all this stuff because I wondered about all of this as I was growing up. Is oh, great. You probably know more than I do. <laughs> oh, come on.
1: he does. He does.
0: But um, Barbara Billingsley, I understood that she would wear literally because she always looked perfect, always looked great. But she would wear high heels, and I understand that she actually was getting like higher high heels as you grew or as Tony grew, so that you wouldn't in essence surpass her. Is that, do you recall that? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't really,
2: I knew that was happening. Oh. Uh, it, what, it, it? Well, the, But the reason was not so much that we were getting bigger. It was for the camera because when they shot either two shots or things like that um, it was easier to shoot it if we were about the same size. So they didn't have to pull back so far and have such a wide uh, a field on the, on the camera. So a lot of times I at first would be on Apple boxes to be bigger. And then later she would, you know, have high heels or whatever.
0: Interesting. I, you know, I kind of use the show, uh, the podcast, whatever, um, to kind of almost like validate some things. And one of the things that, that I, I had read, gosh, I remember reading this literally probably like 20 years ago, is that when you showed up, you showed up like you you came multiple times to audition and that you showed up one one of them as a Cub Scout, you know, you were literally going to your Cub Scout meeting. You're like, "Hey, uh, can we get out of here? I, I I'm going to be late for my meeting." Is that true? Absolutely.
2: It was. A, it wasn't the first one, but we they they thought or they told us the, um, later on that they had about 600 people on the interview. Now, when wow. I say that, you'll say, "How could there be 600 beavers?" Well, yeah. no. The interview was for Beaver, Wally, Eddie, all his friends, oh. all my friends. So they were and, and that's what was so for us kind of confusing about it, because they'd say, OK, now you can go home. You can go home. We'd like you three boys and you four boys or whatever to come back next week. And we were all so different. We were thinking, how are they picking us if the they, they can't pick, you know, like like one of the people was Larry Mondello and. Yeah, he's oh, the, God. Uh, big loves him. So, I was see- thinking how can I play that part and he play my part, you know, whatever. So, but when we got on the set and we found out who the characters were, they fit him just perfectly. And were you close with Larry? No, we're all good friends. They didn't work every week like I did. Um, you know, and there were people probably the people that people think I'd be the least with would be Eddie Haskell. He was just a wonderful Ken Osman, the actor yeah, that played it. He was a decorated Los Angeles police officer, a motorcycle cop that just did, as soon as he got off leave to Beaver, um, just did acting, you know, kind of to support himself because what he wanted to do, he was a policeman. He was a very decorated and shot in the line of duty police officer.
1: Well, he he was also very active in trying to get uh, past, like I think foreign residuals for you guys. And I met him a few times when I was on the board at SAG-AFTRA. And you know, you 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 think of people the way their their characters are. He he could not have been more opposite. He was kind of humble and shy and sweet. And you know, he was so hardfelt Look, He goes, Look, I'm just trying to get what's fair. I'm not trying to do anything. And I was I just like, Eddie Haskell's a nice guy, but he's right. not I do he have has a question.
2: A, he is until you're speeding down the highway and he pulls there you he over. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, have, I have a question. Is there a, a story or a significance or why the name Bieber?
2: No one uh, that I know has ever been able to tell me um, when I first went in for the original interview that was the character's name but at that time it was called Wally and the Beaver but oh, the first the first um, main sponsors was Remington Rand and for some reason they said that sounded like an animal show and <laughs> <laughs> Which they wanted <laughs> they wanted our show and they they picked the name leave it to beaver and since they were the the principal sponsor right. the writers went, well okay if that's the name you want so uh right after we did the pilot it was a wally and the beaver and
0: then the pilot was even changed to leave it to beaver and it went on from there how, how did well one of the things i had heard about the name beave was one of the writers, and it might've been Joe, I, I, I'm i not sure, but he had been in the war. One of the guys had been in the war and somebody in his platoon had that, you know, that uh, slang or whatever, that nickname, and that it might've been drawn from there. But I, I think that's one of those that we may never know the answer. If you don't know the answer, I don't know who's gonna know the answer on that one. You know, I, I'd
2: been an actor for a very long time and I just knew that you walked in they said, this is your name for today. And that was the yeah. one oh Oh, oh, yeah or this this tv show so when they said oh you're the beaver okay that's fine didn't bother me a bit
0: did you now i oh go ahead bob go ahead
1: i I was i was a tour guide at universal when you guys were shooting uh the new leave it to beaver and then i was the announcer on at disney channel when i would promote the show but i remember one episode when i was at at Jaws Lake on a tr- and, and they were shooting a marathon and Tony kept running all oh, up and down this, this one over and over again, getting shots. I used to spend my days off roaming that lot. Cause I just thought it was the most fun. Just you're in, you're in a Western town then you're in oh, New York. Yeah. Did you, did you explore that lot on, on well, lunch? Hours?
2: I, I explored it a lot more than just lunch hour because we had two days of rehearsals when I, Really didn't have a whole lot to do. I mean, we'd run the scenes, but there were a lot of scenes that I were in or wasn't in, so I would go out and you know I'd go to the Phantom of the Opera stage. Oh, back they, to the back. Oh. Lots. I used to go fishing on the lakes, which yeah. they really weren't all that happy about because they put um fish in there for um a mosquito abatement, and here I was pulling them out, but I would put them <laughs> back. It wasn't like it was, it was catch and release. Um, one of the uh, makeup guys was named Bob Don. And he, we, oh. he, was, he did all of the things like for Psycho and all the uh, masks. But when we first started doing Leave it to Beaver, they had one where I had my hair cut. I cut it myself. I lost all my money for the barber shop, And so they got this guy that was this great uh, wo- uh, makeup man. And see, our show was a show everybody wanted to work on. So the top people on the Universal lot because the kids can only work eight to five or nine to six. Oh yeah. They do a few shots with the kids and they go home. The other series, you might be there till twelve o'clock at night. So we could get the top people, and they just love to be on our show.
0: Now on the lot, another you know another thing that I, I read about is that you were in a movie called The Trouble with Harry. Is that is that correct?
2: And- that with Alfred Hitchcock. I spent uh, about eight weeks in Stowe, Vermont, with Alfred Hitchcock. And I used to see him when he was doing the Alfred Hitchcock Presents, because he would come on and even, they, they call it stealing, but it's not really stealing. He'd steal sets when he did his intros and his extros, And it was really, I didn't realize at the time, but it was funny because he was the first person that ever called me Mr. Wow. And he'd say, oh, hello, Mr. Mathers. And he, and I'd say, oh, well, I, you can you call me Jerry. He says, no, you're an actor. If you were an actor and you worked for me, you are a mister. So he was the first person to ever call me Mr. Mathers. And I was quite, uh, quite happy about
0: that. What was it like working with him, by the way? Like, you know, as an actor? I had a great time. I mean, I used
2: to, people say, you know, I know a lot of people say he had trouble with other actors. I I would read my lines while sitting on his lap. He would read the script and he'd say, well, Jerry, let's change this just a little bit. I want you to do it this way or that way. And it was just a really nice time. Of course, we, you know, it was different than doing, like, even Leave it to Beaver, where we are on a stage. We went back to Stowe, Vermont for like, I think it was eight or 10 weeks. So we were a movie company back there all these ladies in Vermont would do our uh, catering. So every woman would sit there. He was a gourmet. So the women would look and see which one he'd go up and down the aisle. Of course, being little, I'd run right behind him. I'd say, oh, Mr. Hitchcock, what are we gonna eat today? He'd go, oh, Jerry, this one looks good. Would you like to take a bite? I'd say, oh yeah. And we'd take a bite. We'd have, oh blueberry muffins picked that or the day before right off the, the bush and all sorts
0: of really great food and all these women oh. were just say
2: oh he took mine today mine's the best today because he
0: took mine that <laughs> is hysterical you just you don't think a hitchcock quite i like i don't picture him i that know way. i know yeah, i love hearing that that warmth yeah it is ironic that bob's got the the uh what is it the mask of, of his life, life that, yeah yeah, yeah The that, that yeah. Yeah, that's a classic that that'll that'll scare you, Jerry. Anyway, down um, at you. <laughs> hey, I do have one. Speaking of scary, um, the, you know, sometimes you wonder if how true this is, but the, the episode in the soup where you are actually right. stuck in the soup. It's up on a billboard. Right. Was it scary? No,
2: you know, actually, it was kind of fun because for that entire we shot we rehearsed for two days and shot for three. For the two days that they shot uh, on that show, when I was up in the Super bowl, I didn't have to go to school because by the time they got me up there, it was so long to, they had to have a guy, a special stunt man with a, a big harness that put me up there and they take me up there and put me up there. And so I didn't go to school for two days. I thought that was wonderful. Of course, the next week I had to go to school for an extra hour each day until I made up those three days that we shot outside. Wow. And it was that, um, I heard that was the most expensive episode. Is that true? It was because they had to build a billboard. I mean, you know, they got this great script. They wrote it. They said, Oh yeah, we're going to make this one. They went to the back lot. There are no, you know, there's a lot of sets back there and houses and all there's colonial street, there's bars and there's a jail back there for all the Westerns. There were (laughs) nothing like that. So they just (laughs) said, "Uh Oh, we got to build one. Did they they leave
1: that? back lot for a while sorry did they leave that on the back lot for a while
2: it was there for quite a while not well I it was there while we were doing the show in case and it never came up they wanted to make another one where you know i was thinking about it or i don't know
1: what but right. it, it was there for a long time so you say you seen have you seen that back lot because they moved colonial street it, it, it's 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 now where amblin or used to be where amblin is now and they moved it up above jaws lake and it looks it's a fraction of what it used to be. The lawns are smaller, the street is isn't as vast. Have you seen what it looks like now?
2: Yeah, I've been up there, but I usually don't go on to the to the back lot because I'm usually in there going into the you know the main buildings to talk to producers or directors or things like that. So it's not that I wander around the back lot. As a child, though, I mean I was out there all the time at lunchtime. I'd run out and fish in the lakes and as I say, we'd play baseball back there and football. And so it was like, you know, the, the biggest uh,
0: schoolyard in the world that, uh, you know, with your own lake, with your own fishing pond. What right. other what other child actors were around at that time that you you know might have befriended or, or, or played with on the lot? There were not a whole
2: lot of other I mean, there was Tony Dow, Ken Osmond, the people on our show. But there weren't really a lot of other actors on. You know, they were doing Bachelor Father. I think um, she was. She was a young lady though, so it wasn't like you know, uh, I, I I knew her very well. But uh, it wasn't that we would go out and and do things together. The nice part was all the all the people on the show. They hired people like lighting directors, cameramen. They all were family people, so they all were used to kids. They didn't want people that you know would be not you know. And we used to play football and baseball
0: between scenes and throw things and just have a great time. What, was it weird for you or, or was it kind of exciting for you as a kid to actually see your face in a comic book? Um, because there was the Leave it to Beaver comics. Or Leave it to Beaver everything, you know. But yeah. the thing was that it wasn't that because I
2: didn't realize that it just was something that everybody didn't do. I mean, I realized it. Yeah. But I didn't realize how really special it was because somebody came by and said, we're going to do a comic book. And here it is. Take a look at it. I like, oh, yeah, It kind of looks like me or, you know, and we do other things. And it was just a really nice time living on the set. I mean, I spent basically eight to five or nine to six for thirty nine weeks a year. And then we'd go out and do PR, take a, a about, a, about uh, six or eight weeks off and then go back to shooting. So, I mean, I was a private teacher, a, a, a public school teacher that was really good. Tony had one too, a, a different one, because
0: he was in high school. But, yeah. you know, it was just a fun time. Wow. Wow. Did, um, you know, by the way, the other one that I'm curious about, were you really Little Ricky on I Love Lucy at one point? Yep. No. Okay. No, I don't know
2: how that started, but, you yeah. know, he what does. About? Either I look a little like him, or he looks a little like me. But I was never on I Love Lucy and I was never, uh, you know, it was done at a different studio even. It wasn't even on the same lot. So I don't know how that, but maybe, you know, people see something, they say, well, that kind of looks like and maybe it's when he was younger. So I did a lot of things where people probably should have known what I looked like before Leave it to Beaver,
0: because I started working on live TV when I was two years old. Yeah, somebody claimed it was a, like a flashback moment in the third season. And that one really threw me off because I was like, I don't. I don't recall anything about that. Like looking back at, you know, over, I love Lucy. So I'm glad that you, you kind of validated that, you know, it.
1: but hey, nope. but he did die in Vietnam.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. there was that one too. Exactly. Oh, of course that. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I remember that. He's not even here right now. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, is it true that your mom came to the set uh, either every day or, or often was there for you? She was there almost every day, except
2: that I have uh, a sister and, and three brothers and she had a couple of those brothers when I was doing the show. So the wow. last maybe two months, or I don't even know, at the, at the time it seemed like a lot, but when she was pregnant, she would have somebody take me and it would be one of her good friends would take me to the studio and act as my guardian. But you know, it, I basically had a crew of probably 80 men and script women and people like that, and a and a teacher to take care of me. So it wasn't like it was a big deal, but yeah, she came most of the time um, when she could.
1: What I part of LA, LA did you grow up? Tarzana. Oh yeah, me too. Where about? I mean, did, are you, were you you like uh, Portola Junior High? Did you go to? Uh, I went to uh,
2: Universal Universal Studio School.
1: Of course you did. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> that, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Hey, um, Hugh Beaumont, you know, obviously, you know, the father on the show. A couple of questions I have for you on that. One, okay. why was he cast after the pilot? Why did they replace the, the original father uh, off the pilot? And second, did he then go on and direct and write episodes?
2: I'll answer him in, a, in reverse order. Yes, he did go on and write episodes, because he knew all the characters so well and he had a lot of ideas and his shows were very good and he even directed a few of the episodes that he actually wrote Um, Mm -hmm. and then he found out how tough that is because sometimes he would write things and then realize
0: boy that's really hard to shoot that scene because of the way he'd written it oh at the in those moments oh i i'm sure i'm sure without a doubt what um What was, uh, I also heard this, uh, another validate moment or whatever gets a validation. I heard that Tony Dow didn't actually come to audition for the show. He was just coming with a friend that was auditioning and was then, you know, asked to audition. Do do you know if there's any truth to that?
2: I really don't because he was on a different audition than I was. First, they they auditioned on different days for the part of uh, Beaver and Wally. Um, I know why they picked him, though. He didn't do the original pilot. The boy that did the original pilot, it took about probably six or eight months to sell the show where they saw they showed it to different people. And Remington Rand, the typewriter makers, and, and Perina were our first two sponsors. They picked it up. But between that time, that boy grew to be over almost six feet. Oh, my gosh. Suddenly, wow. he was as big as Ward. So yeah. then they went out. And Tony Dow had only done one show before Leave it to Beaver because what he was, was an AAU swimming and diving champion. And he had done a thing called Johnny Wildlife, which was kind of like a Tarzan movie. And that was the only other acting experience. And his pa- his parents thought he, he was training for the Olympics, actually, when he came in for the interview for Leave it to Beaver. And that's what they thought he was going to be was a, uh, an Olympic swimmer and diver, and so it was a little, um, you know, touchy at times because we'd go someplace like to a swimming party or something, and Tony would go up and get on the diving board, do three flips, and you know, land in the water. <laughs> I'd be over in the shallow and going, "Oh yeah, I can swim. I think I can make it to the other side." <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. And and uh, Larry Mondello, we were talking about earlier. I I understand that he actually was doing a great job, but his mom made it very difficult for the producers.
2: Uh, yeah, his name was Rusty Stevens He's a really nice guy. Everybody got along with him. But she thought and you know, parents are like that she thought he should have his own show. And so she wanted them to then write a new series where, you know, he was going to be uh, the Rusty show. I don't even know what it, what it was going to be called. Yeah. But anyway, for some reason, they didn't really like that idea that much. And she said, well, if he's not going to have his own show, we'll just go to someplace else and do other things. And he was in a lot of other things like Cat on the Hot Tin Roof, the movie and things like that uh, after and, and during Leave it to Beaver. But uh, his parents just decided that they didn't want him to play that character.
1: When I was a kid, because because reruns were back to back, you know, the local TV right. station, I was very confused that Larry's mother was also Aunt Harriet on Batman. And, they, and she looked, <laughs> Looked the same, played the characters the same. She was too old to be his mother, I thought on, on Leave It to Beaver. But I was just, I just blew. And why is she on, on in color on this one? But I'm little. I'm a little kid. It's, it's just not not making sense to me.
2: Well, you know, Larry would age anybody,
1: right? There you go. There you, there go. you go. Perfect. I, a, I I have a question. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Okay. Uh, reunion movie. I'm
2: uh, sorry, what?
1: Uh, the reunion movie. Uh, the reunion. Uh, yes the Beaver. How did that come about? How long was it in the works? And did anybody say no, or do anyone have to be talked into doing it? Well, we
2: all had to be talked into doing it, but it wasn't a hard talk. They just said we're was- going to do it. And the, the problem was we were all doing um, different things. I was a, a real estate agent at the time. I was a multi-million dollar real estate agent, so I had you know wow. a job that I was going to. I had houses that were in escrow, and they said, "Why don't you come back and do Leave to Beaver?" I went. Well, you know, I've got basically a a full-time job. Uh, Tony was also doing things. And, uh, uh, you know, so it was something that I wanted to do. And I said, well, that'll be fun. We'll just do, you know, just one episode is what we thought we were going to do. And it was going to be on and be how we were grown up. And I said, that'll be fine. Well, it was so popular that right away they said well we're going to do a series and I said well yeah but I've got other things they said well no we're doing a series I said okay so that's how we got that's how the show came and everybody had the same the same thing you know uh Tony was doing other things I don't exactly know even what he was doing but we all had gone from the show and it had been like a number of years so uh, even though we still worked as actors when you do a series you're doing 39 a year so it's a big commitment oh yeah
1: how did I feel seeing those sets again? Because they did a darn good job of recreating that house. The well, interior you know, they, house. Have
2: all, they have all the blueprints. That's what they did. So they went back oh. and, you know, they have the blueprints for everything from, you know, Gone with the Wind over at Universal or whatever. They have, and they just went to Leave it to Beaver. Oh yeah, here's the house. And it's the same house. I mean, it's the exact same house. It's like with building blocks. They knew exactly where every, <laughs> every room was, what colors they were. Uh, all those kind of things. And it was just a really a lot of fun. In fact, we even used on the back lot, the same house.
1: Right. Well, I will That's tell you amazing. that when I, when I, my first year as a tour guide, we had Ward Cleaver's tombstone in our break room, oh, which wow. is this much creepy, but it was just, I don't I, And I was like, how did you guys get this? They just went to the prop department and, and just, just put it in, in, in the break room. But wasn't he still around when you guys did that movie?
2: No, he had, he had already passed. Right. Um, Barbara Billingsley was really nice too. She was a a really high end New York fashion model.
1: Oh um, no kidding!
2: Yeah, so she was she was just absolutely beautiful. Tony Dow was an AAU swimmer and diver, right. uh, a champion with all these medals and everything. And uh they were just everybody on the show was just so nice. We all got along very, very well.
0: So I wanted to ask, uh, like tell a couple of things. First of all, um, you left the show, I understand, because you were like, I want to go to high school, I wanna I want to go on for for, to my schooling. Is that true? And then um what what... why let me let me just answer that one while you think of the next one, okay? No, yeah. The,
2: the, The answer is it is yes, but that wasn't the reason. The show they had us under contract for only six years because of the, I think it was the union laws of how long you could put a person under contract for. Oh, wow. And so it wasn't that um, what most people did, or if you were on a really popular series, they would ask for huge raises. And so we weren't really doing that, but it was the perfect time because Tony was ready to go to college and I was ready to go to high school. I'd never been in school with any other kids. I had a, private tutor um, before leaving to beaver um, and then when beaver started so i had never um, because i was doing movies is why i had the private tutor i never had been in kid in a classroom with other kids so i always wanted to go to high school so um, i played on the football team i couldn't play sports i played on the football team and had a lot of good friends and so it was kind of a socialization thing for me and it was just it ended at the right
0: time. It was my freshman year. What what position did you play on the football team? Do you remember? Center. What was it? Center. You it center. Oh wow. Okay, that's a that's a that's a tough position to say the least. I have to keep all those big guys in line. I guess. I guess that's interesting because when you say that about the six-year contract, because I think that was that uh, Olivia De Havilland law or or whatever that went through about the contracts that you could only keep someone under, under contract for that limited, you know, period. And then it's. Right. Well, well you, you could, you could always
2: re up their contract, but if you were on a really popular show, people would say, okay, I want, you know, three or four times the money, because once you signed it, it was a six year contract. So for mm-hmm. the four, for the whole six years, you were, you know, you got a bump, uh, a raise every season. We did 39 shows uh, a year. Right. And you get a little bump, but you know, then the people would say, this is a very popular show and
0: I want, you know, a lot more money to do it. Would you, um, when you left, I, I understand that you said you did go into, uh, was it commercial loans or was that uh, a real estate? Did you, did you want to stay with that or had you wanted to go back to acting?
2: Well, I went, I went actually back to high school. So I went to high school, Right. I went to college and then I just happened to have an opportunity add a a very good friend that, um, of mine that when I came back was the, um, a, a very high executive in, in, a, in a, uh, one of the, I think it was the fourth or fifth leading bank in the United States. And he said, well, what are you gonna do now? Are you gonna go back to acting? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, you know, you've got, and I honestly did, I'm not trying to brag, but I had a lot of money and I had been investing it. And wow. he said, I've been watching you invest all this money And I think you're doing a very good job. Why don't you come to the the bank, and you know you can come in as a a loan officer. We'll teach you about money. And and I thought, Jack, that's a great idea. So I was at a bank for about um, I think was three or four years. I became a commercial loan officer, and I suddenly realized that. The people that were making all the money were the people selling real estate at that time, because there was a huge boom in California. So mm-hmm. then I went into real estate and did that. And it worked out very well, because then I got the, uh, the opportunity to do the new Leave It to Beaver, which I did right. for another six years. And I had a family then, and I played the ward part. And we had a, a, a boy that played Wally and the beaver. They, they were different, but you know, it was an updated version of the show. So everything just worked out really well for me. Are you still acting now? I still do, but not, a, not as often. Um, you know, when people call me, I go and I do it and it's fun. But a lot of times they, they want me to do like cameos of Leave it to Beaver. Well, I'm not, you know, 10 or 11 or 12 years old anymore. So you, it's, you it's still little, are to me. <laughs> I, that's See, that's the problem. <laughs> but I don't, I don't mind it. And to be honest with you, I, um, because I worked in the bank, I became very um, aware of how money is and how to handle money. So it's the kind of thing that I don't really have to be a full-time working actor to be able to support a very nice lifestyle. That's- but
1: you're, you also have such a great attitude, and so did everybody. Uh, Each, which, uh, John and I, you know, we talk about classic television, and this is our our thing. We, we just love it. But so many former actors or for our, our sitcom actors there's a bitterness that 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 they don't understand that when people say what was it like blah 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 what was it like with so? it's because they care the audience really cares right and you have always had such an affection for this legacy that you have left that will be around forever and ever and ever and ever and ever,
2: and ever. Oh, it's just something for me that it, it's really nice to be able to go into almost any place in the United States. And in reality, all over the world, because Leave to Beaver plays in like 40 different languages. So in Japan, I speak with Japanese, but I speak in a very high girl's voice. Uh, So (laughs) It's all over the world. I get people that come up to me and they're not really they just don't understand because they're from a different country. If they're over here on vacation, they come up to me and they start chattering in their native language and they're used to seeing me speak their language. and They do not understand it. Oh yeah. It's dubbed. Well, well I, 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 I thought you knew all those languages. Exactly.
1: Right. It kind of takes I, wish me wish I,
2: I wish I did. I wish I did. You know, it, it's just, a, it's just been a, a boon to me my whole life. I've met people and done a lot of things. You know, I appreciate my fans and they're great. And, you know, they're, they're always telling me, this is my favorite episode. And a lot of times it's the same one, but a lot of people say, because that really happened to me. So it's a different episode. Right. You know, it, it's just been um, a boon to me
1: my whole life. Well, I will tell you that one of my most enjoyable moments was uh, when you were serving on the PGEC. And I had, we had a gathering. You better
0: explain to people what that is. I know you think everybody knows. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Yes, Bob, (laughs) if you could come off your altar there. Thank you. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, It's uh, the uh, Performers Peer Group Executive Committee at the Television Academy. It is the...
0: That just rolls out on his tongue. (laughs) If
1: you could say that
0: five times fast, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks.
1: It's a bunch of people (laughs) at the Television Academy. And they're doing things and watching people. And Basically, it's a committee that oversees the performers, uh, performing members of the Television Academy. But when when Lily Tomlin uh, won her election, uh, I had a little gathering at my house. And Lily and the, our whole committee, which we had a superb committee, and, of course, Jerry. And I, all I kept thinking was, if I could go back in time to younger Bob and say, someday you're going to have a party with Lily Tomlin and Beaver Cleaver, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed. It. <laughs> your <laughs> <No>. worst nightmare. <laughs> no, because, because these two flavors don't, it's like, it's like you, you put your chocolate on my peanut butter. These two flavors don't necessarily go together, but it was so, it was Twilight Zone surreal. And again, also she is one of the sweetest, sweetest lady. Look-
2: well, you know what? You did a great job and uh, you always did. It, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed my time there.
1: Well, and this guy, John Cato, got me into the TV Academy back in the 90s at a voiceover audition. But it's your fault, right? <laughs> it is. It is. They owe him a lot, though. He's done a hell of a job. Well, he said, you qualify to join the TV Academy. I'm like, I don't have an Emmy. What are you talking about? I had no idea that you could, you could by being a working actor, you could join.
0: Yeah, it was a big, it was definitely a big
1: thing. Hey, Leave it to Beaver, did any 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 nominations, Any wins?
2: I don't, I don't, we never got a win. We were nominated a few times. Um, it, I don't think it was the cast as much as the writers and then mm-hmm. maybe like the camera people and stuff like that. I remember going to, uh, probably three or four under on, on the six year run. Um, when we had people in our either cast or crew people that were nominated for something and we went there to support them because they'd get a table and it was, you know, a lot of fun and you'd see right. a lot of actors that, uh, you never saw because people think all actors know each other. No, we we're oh, all course. at different studios. So oh, of you, course. Know, I'd say, Oh, look, there's so-and-so from that. I know that person yet yeah. Well, Jerry, everybody knows you like that because you're on a show, but I know that person.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. right. Exactly. You, yeah. Cause you're in your own little bubble. Yeah.
2: Sure. Right. We were at universal and you know, that was it. You were there basically five days a week, uh, nine to six or eight to five for the kids. And of course the adults work longer, but uh you know, it was it was a very regimentated schedule when I was working as an actor on *Leave It to Beaver*.
0: Wow. Well, Jerry, I, I, you know, I really appreciate you giving us your time. I, I, I can't tell you how much fun uh, I, I know both of us just had. Just I, I'm with Bob. I mean, real fun so guys. He's, he's
2: a. Got to watch him. He's a really funny guy all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. He thinks so. Anyway, um, well, I think
2: so too. So now it's <laughs> two against one. <laughs>
0: great now i'm in a fight with the beef i love it there you go right Uh, but uh your
1: your diary
0: i (laughs) I fought the beef um but anyway jerry seriously the beef won (laughs) the beef beef won being on the show believe me that that was it right there you won from the start um my pleasure
2: my pleasure being on your show thank you you're the
0: best buddy you really are thank you so much jerry (laughs) Stay tuned. Coming later this month, if you are a cartoon fan, do not miss this podcast. I will interview none other than Bob Bergen, the voice of Porky Pig, and of course my co-host, as we take a look at the history of Looney Tunes.
1: Follow us on Spotify and iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much.